0: Hello, football fans, and welcome to uh, part one of my Monday football edition of the Big D podcast. Before I bring in the nice, today's special guest, please subscribe, share, like, comment, the uh, Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page where you can see all my latest and greatest content. We've got a lot of it coming before long including another one tonight so uh also check out the big d podcast on spotify and apple so uh, joining us from the uk tonight is my uh, sports betting dfs and football and guru charlie mullen charlie uh it's been crazy with a uh, football not just here in america
1: but in uh, your neck of the woods right yeah, the World Cup qualifiers are taking centre stage, so the Premier League's been put on the back burner for um, the weekend just gone, um, but I'll be back this weekend. But um, yeah, I've uh, never a big fan of these international breaks, but I've grown to sort of enjoy the international matches more now. Um, as you know, we're recording now; we're less than an hour away from Northern Ireland taking on Italy um, in a. Big game for Italy, not so big a game for Northern Ireland, although we don't get to play these nations very often. So we have a good record against the bigger nations. Um, we've beaten England in the past. We've beaten Spain in the past. So um, who knows? It would be nice to topple the European champions.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure it would be nice if Italy's stuck in that World Cup qualifier playoff just like four years ago because Italy didn't make the last World Cup.
1: Forgive me if I don't feel sympathy for Italy, you know, having to play a, a playoff to reach the World Cup. God, we dream of reaching those playoff games. Um, if it wasn't for a dodgy referee not so long ago against Switzerland, we might have played in one of those matches. Well, actually, it was in one of those games. But we, had a, we had a penalty um, given against us, uh, which the referee said after the match, yeah, maybe it wasn't a penalty after all, but it was too late. Switzerland won; they went through to the World Cup, and uh, we watched it from our tellys and home.
0: So, yeah, just Joseph, just Ireland, and uh, against France from 2009 with that young right. ball. Yes, yes, indeed. Ball, ball maybe
1: VEO had been around it would have been 0-0, and you still might be playing. Well, that's the Republic of Ireland. I'm, I'm a Northern Ireland man, but yes. Um, well, well, you know, hopefully we, we made the European Championships what was it, 2018? Um, 16. No, 2016 it was, yes, so um, hopefully those days will come back again but not for a while, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, hopefully the days of America playing in the World Cup will be uh, not just in 26 when we host it, but uh, next year because that
1: big win over Mexico sure helped. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You weren't even born probably the last time Northern Ireland played in the World Cup, 1986, Mexico. Yeah, I was born in 92. Right, okay. I'm, I'm feeling old now, so we'll move on quickly. <laughs> yeah, let's,
0: yeah, let's get to the uh, football that we enjoy the most, and that's Premier League football. So yes. through a lot of games, not quite at the one-third pole. I mean, we've seen what these teams can do, some good, some bad. And some, there have been a few managers set so far. So what's been the biggest storyline through the
1: first third of the season? i have to say West Ham continuing the form that they showed last season. I think a lot of people thought West Ham were a one-hit wonder last year. And David Moyes was a bit lucky to finish fourth, fifth, whatever it was, uh, fifth, sixth, maybe. Um, They thought, yeah, that was just – a one-off. There's no way they can do that again. But um, he's proved them all wrong. They're um, in the top four, I think, at the moment, um, justifiably so as well. Third, <laughs> uh, incredible, and um, they're they're playing a nice style of football, very open, scoring a lot of goals, and the three-two win against Liverpool a phenomenal result and i'm sure as a chelsea fan you'd enjoy that as well but um i have to give a lot of credit to the manager david moyes and also um the signing of jared bowen Uh, now i highlight him because he used to play for hull city i'm based in hull so i've seen him develop his career over the seasons and um moving to west ham when he did was perfect Um, if he had gone to any other bigger club I know that Liverpool are perhaps interested in him now, he won't be playing week after week like he is at West Ham Um, he's a very industrious player, you know I like my players who put in a a shift Um, so yeah I do respect the way that he's been playing and um, the whole team you know last year they had Jesse Lingard who was scoring goals for fun and when he went back to Manchester United I'm sure a lot of supporters are were thinking, well, where are we going to get? You know, we're, there's no way we've got a squad good enough to contend for a top four spot. And as you said, we're approaching the third of the season and the third in the table. So there's no reason why they cannot continue this form. Um, so, yeah, good luck to them.
0: I mean, and West Ham's got two of my favorite players in the Premier League. I mean, Mikel Antonio I mean, mm. can can run for days i mean yeah he is he a true number nine like Sergio Aguero, Rain Rooney or some of the greats not probably not but he's scoring goals and causing a lot of havoc and i love having a pressing forward because as defender you hate those pressing forwards because yeah. they can they can turn any little mistake into a goal correct,
1: correct. and
0: uh, and of course Stefan Rice uh I really want him in. Uh, I really want him in West London, not East London. I'm like, can we get West? Can we get a deck and rice in West London, please? Didn't <laughs> he start at Chelsea? Yes. Hmm. Good business there. Well done. Hey, Lou, hey, at least we did Hey, at least we let Kevin De Bruyne and Mossal. Oh wait, we did. We let both <laughs> leave. Well, yeah.
1: at least, at least, it's not a situation like Manchester United find themselves in letting Paul Pogba go and then signing him for 80 million pounds six, seven years later. So, uh, you know, at least it wasn't that
0: bad. Speaking of of Manchester United, uh, what the heck is wrong there? Because, I mean, I'm not used to seeing United play this way. I mean, that 5-0 defeat to Liverpool was pitiful. The 2-0 defeat to Man City is a little bit... It's a little bit probably lower than what the school should have been, if not for yeah. David the Hayes Stanley, and said that easily could have been four or five. What is, yes. what is
1: wrong with United? Well, I don't think you need to be a genius to figure out that the players aren't good enough. And the manager isn't good enough either. Simple as. I think Manchester United need a manager a lot stronger than Solskjaer. Um, I don't see him being the man who's going to turn Manchester United into title contenders anytime soon. I think when Allegri left Juventus, Manchester United should have brought him in. Um, I think Man United made the big mistake of giving Solskjaer an extended deal halfway through, not last season, but the season before. Um, So that sort of made him... A little bit more comfortable than what he should have been. He should have, the club should have waited until the end of the season, analyze things then. And if you thought there was nobody else around, extend his contract then. Um, I always like clubs to make their personnel earn their contracts, leave it until the end of the season. There's no rush. He's not going to go anywhere. Nobody else will want him. Um, so I don't know. There's going to have to be a big decision coming up because every time. He's on the brink of losing his job. United pull off a win. Um, it was against Atalanta that bought him a little time. But then, uh, you know, that was after the Liverpool game, I think. Um, so, any more sort of embarrassing defeats or slip ups against teams that Manchester United should be beating, which, let's face it, there aren't too many teams like that anymore because there's no threat to playing Man United anymore. There's no fear of going to Old Trafford and getting a result. So, yeah, um, I think he's on borrowed time. And, you know, we've seen a quarter of the Premier League managers sacked already this season. and There'll be more to come. And um, He will be at the top of the sack race uh, for several weeks, unless he gets a run of five, six, seven or eight games, you know, unbeaten against good teams as well. So we'll wait and see.
0: I mean, you look at the... Uh... Two recent games, one that especially a Liverpool play on the road, one against Man United and one against West Ham. Manchester United didn't know how to defend Liverpool when you knew West Ham was going to sit back and hit Liverpool on the counter. They, West Ham's got an idea of playing Liverpool.
1: Manchester
0: mm-hmm. United's idea of playing Liverpool was. Uh, I, I you you defend you uh, they, they they don't have a mindset, they
1: don't no, have a... no the, the, the game plan from well, I don't think there is a game plan for Manchester United. The, the thing that has worked for them in recent weeks, months, you want to say, even last season, um, they find themselves behind more often than not, which basically means they throw the game plan out the window and they just have no other alternative but to attack and they have good attacking players. Um, so that's how they've bailed themselves out. If Man United took a lead in the first couple of minutes, you wouldn't be comfortable for them to hold on to that lead because defensively they're a shambles. Harry Maguire, I know he scored for England against Albany and he did that celebration, like silencing his critics. And there's a lot of pundits over here. Roy Keane, former Manchester United manager, got on his back saying, that's embarrassing. OK, you've scored a header for England, against Albania. Do that against Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, West Ham. Do it against a, a good team. Because hey, his, performances, <laughs> his performances for Manchester United are embarrassing. He's the captain of the team and he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be, in my, in my opinion.
0: Hey, do it against Villarreal next week in the Champions League. Otherwise, you're going to be in the Europa League again.
1: Well, Exactly. Do it when it matters for Manchester United. Don't do all this, like, oh, I'm signing, seeing my critics because I scored a header against Albania. You and I could possibly have scored a header against Albania. (laughs) I think we could have scored more than a few headers that game.
0: Correct. I mean, so, at this point in the season, who's been the, I mean, it's probably an easy one, but is Mo Salah the... uh, Best player, not just in the Premier League, but probably in the world right now? Because it seemed like he scores goals mm. for fun.
1: Mm. In the Premier League, definitely. In the world, I don't know. I'd like to um, stack a case for Robert Lewandowski. Um, but there's not much between the two. Um, Lewandowski, I think, should win the Ballon d'Or. Not just for what he's achieved this year, but last year when it was cancelled. Uh, He's just been phenomenal goal-scoring form for Bayern Munich and Germany. Um, So I would give that award for him. Uh, Mo Salah is one of the outsiders for the award. And I hope it doesn't go to Messi, just because he won the Copa America this year. There's no room for sentiment in, in awards like this. It should be down to who has played the best over the year. And if you want to throw in last year, because there was no award... Then Lewandowski should get it, in my opinion. But Mo Salah has has done very, very well. Um, He continues to score goals for fun and he's on for a record breaking season at Liverpool this year.
0: Uh, I might be a little biased here, but could a certain Italian midfielder have a say in who wins the ballot in the ballot? because Jorginho won the Champions League with Chelsea and then won the won the Euros with Italy.
1: Yeah, possibly. Talk me through his penalty for Italy in the last minute of uh, the game of the weekend. I
0: could uh I cannot explain
1: that because okay. he forgot talk to do through. he forgot to do the bunny hop. Okay, talk me through his penalty in the European Championships in the summertime. Oops. Hey. Yeah. No, listen, he has he's he's played very well but um, I think these awards go to, without hurting his feelings or being disrespectful, more skillful players than Jordanio. Um So, yeah, it's probably going to be either Messi or Lewandowski. What about you? Who's been your most surprising player this year in the Premier League?
0: Uh, that's a good, I mean, trying to think of surprise. I think there are a couple I mean, we mentioned Bowen, but uh, who's. Uh, I mean, with a team having Firmino, uh, Firmino, Sadio Mane, and Mo-, Mo Salah, I mean, I really like what Diego Jada mm. has done this year. Yeah. Because obviously, it was a great play with Wolves, but we really didn't have a chance to See him because he's been hurt so much.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. One player that's really impressed me that um, I want to give a mention to is um, Emile Smith Rowe of Arsenal. Oh, yes, yes. Any, and he's really. And he's in the England squad. Yes, yes. And rightly so. Um, he certainly has earned it for his performances for Arsenal this season so far. So, um, yeah. Every time I see him, there's more and more of his game that I like. He's one of those players, like Jared Bowen, um, like Son at Tottenham, and like Pulisic at Chelsea. puts in a lot of effort, um, helps the team out in attack and also defense as well. Um, so yeah, no, I'm really, I really like the look of this Emil Rose, Emil Smith Rowe, and um, I think he's got a massive future ahead of him.
0: Yeah, Finally Arsenal might have found
1: somebody in that midfield. Well, yeah uh, And the ironic thing is that um, Arsenal has spent all this money in the last four, five, six years and um, this guy's just come through the youth system as far as I as far as I know. So yeah yeah turns out turns out you don't need 220
0: million. You're just seeing a homegrown player, whether it be no. Marcus Ratchard, Mason
1: Mount. From Alexander Ono or mm-hmm. Phil Foden, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. And boy, Arsenal have made some massive mistakes in the transfer market over the last five, six, seven years. Uh,
0: a few, um, a few clubs could say that. Few clubs that could say true. that. Yeah. I mean, there's there's one in Spain that spent uh, what better part of a billion dollars and and got what
1: absolute dirt poop for it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So who's been the most disappointing player for you then in the Premier League so far? Well, speaking of
0: money spent, how about a guy who can't even see the field from Man United? How about Mr.
1: Sancho? Yeah, that's that's a weird one. Um, he, you know, I mean, when you join a big club, um, I use that term loosely with Manchester United, but, you know, you're, you're playing in front of 75,000 fans every week. Um, the expectation level's... For you are to hit the ground running, you're supposed to play at the very best, week in, week out. And you know, some people find that hard to to take to handle. So maybe it'll be a year or two before Manchester United fans see the best of him. But, um, yeah, he has been a disappointment so far this season, but there's still plenty of time. Um, I think I've said to you before certain managers. Uh, I I thought Man City was one of them, that um, they don't know who their best starting eleven is. And I think that's true with Manchester United as well. They've got a lot of talent, and keeping them happy is impossible. Jesse Lingard deserves more airtime, more more game time uh, for what he achieved last year at West Ham, which we we spoke about. But um, he's not getting a look in either. So, yeah, um, there's certainly... You could pick anybody from Man United for the most disappointing player of the season. Um, Most disappointing for me is uh, Pulisic. I'd like to see more of him, obviously. But, well, obviously, you know, we're talking about the biggest disappointment of the season so far. I think you don't have to look any further than Harry Kane Uh, one goal in 10 Premier League matches. Normally, we see him at the top of the goal scoring lists. Um, So he's had a hangover since the summer, missing out on winning the Euros with England missing out on a massive transfer to Manchester City, which he has come out in the last few days and said that that has affected him more than he thought it would, both those events for England and missing out on the transfer to Manchester City. So um, he scored a hat-trick, obviously, on Friday night against Albania, which probably you or I could have done. But um, maybe that's the, the the match that kick-starts his season. Um, we'll wait and see. Um, Tottenham... Uh, at home to Leeds on Sunday, so that'll be a good, a good game.
0: Yeah, how's Harry Kane scoring all the goals for England and not
1: Spurs? Um, I don't know. Sometimes you just get a better feel when you when you leave your club and you're not doing well. And you know, recently the the Tottenham fans were booing Harry Kane because the team weren't doing well. He wasn't scoring. He made it clear that he didn't want to be there. In the summertime, he wanted to move to Manchester City. So for the first time, we saw a little bit of dissent between the Tottenham supporters and Harry Kane himself. So, pardon me, um, maybe this one game against Albania, he comes back to Tottenham and um, it's as if nothing happens. You know, maybe he'll start firing in goals left, right and centre. Maybe he'll get two or three goals against Leeds this weekend, but uh, Leeds are a decent side. I know they're near the bottom of the table, but they're better than their league table placing suggests. So if Tottenham do get anything from that game, they'll have earned it.
0: Yeah, and maybe the best thing that happened for for Spurs was that Antonio Conte got there. I I mean, I I know Antonio Conte's a difficult manager to work with, but to me, look what he did with Romelu Lukaku within him a lot. Lukaku became a much more disciplined mm. player, scored goals, and became a havoc. You know
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think just what
1: Harry Kane needs. Kicking the yeah, pants. Yeah. 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 Speaking of Lukaku, well he he must be up there in one of the Premier League's most disappointing players. You, you know, you're you're a Chelsea fan. He started brilliantly when he came back, but um, he hasn't been scoring as often as we thought he would.
0: Well, yeah, because
1: he's been hurt. Yeah, but when he has played, he still hasn't been scoring as often as you would expect him to.
0: True. I mean, uh, it's been a weird season because there's not been one. There's not been one dominant Chelsea player who I can think of. I mean. Because Mason Mount started in a funk bigger than Harry Kane after the Euros, yeah. A lot of the guys came back. I mean, Conte's been in on the lineup. I'm not sure Georginas, but be honest. Uh, our two best players recently have been Ben Chilwell and Reese James. I can't believe, it. and neither and Chilwell didn't play at the Euros, and Reece James barely played, if any, at the Euros.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I just checked there. And uh, what is it? One, sorry, no goals in his last seven games for Chelsea. Look might, be, might, be be, might be better if he's resting now. Well, yeah, yeah. So he'll come good. I'm sure he'll come good. But um, yeah, Mason Mount has, has um, done very well. Ben, ben Chilwell has been one of the best players as well. And so too has Reese James. I think I heard a stat uh, the other night that um, between them they've scored seven goals already this season, those two wing-backs. So, uh, yeah, um, they're doing all right, Chelsea. You know, shock, I say shock result. I mean, I'm sure you were shocked that they dropped two points against Burnley the last time out, but they'll still be there about battling it out for the, the title. I
0: mean, Nick Pope, Nick Pope saved Burnley's you-know-what that night. Yeah. And uh, sometime but, uh, Week before Man City and and Liverpool gave us the helping hand, so turnabout is fair play. What was that? Sorry, Man City and Liverpool gave us the helping hand the week before, so turnabout is fair play.
1: Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, nobody's going to sort of run away with the league this year, which is good for supporters and spectators who want to see a good, hard-fought battle for the title. So. Uh, long may that continue. Who's your money on to win the league?
0: It pains me to say this. It pains me. But something tells me Man City's winning the winning the league again. They've got too they've got too many, they've got too much talent. They've got eventually Pep Diola is gonna settle in on a stone eleven. Yeah, really. He'll settle on starting on 11. Man City is just so deep, particularly on the wing, particularly in midfield. That they're going to find a place to the Jack Riley. And I know Spurs fans will probably say you're nuts. Something tells me Harry Kane will be a Man City player in January. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. If they do get Harry Kane, then yeah, I think Man City will win the league. If they don't get Harry Kane, then I might sort of Go towards Chelsea winning the league, which um, you're not paying me to say that. Um, it's what I genuinely feel. I think um, I really do like Thomas Tuchel um, as manager. He he sets his team up nicely to play, and you know we've spoken before about you know Alonso being the, in the box, you know, to to create chances and to score chances or to have chances. Full stop. Ben Chilwell. Ben Chilwell, you know, scoring goals for Chelsea and England. Um, so there's a lot of freedom for all the players in the Chelsea team to go forward and impose themselves, and Reese James, you know, as well. Um, scored twice against uh, whoever it was recently in a 3-0 win. Um, Newcastle, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. at Newcastle. Um, so, yeah, I think Chelsea will be, I think i put a sneaky £10 on um, Chelsea to league. Uh,
0: here's an interesting question. Will Manchester United finish top four? No. No. If
1: only a set, will they finish top four? Well, it depends who the new manager is. Um, so, possibly, yes. Um, who would be available that United get? Well, I don't know, but Can't get they, had an oppor- they had an opportunity to get rid of Solskjaer after the 5-0 defeat to Liverpool. Um, they kept him, which suggests to me that they're going to see the season out with Solskjaer in charge. Whether that's right or wrong remains to be seen. He could prove us wrong and turn things around and keep his job, but he just looks like a dead man walking to me. He doesn't have the conviction or the passion to explode on his players after losing 4 0 at half time or 3 0, whatever it was, 4 0 against Liverpool at half time. I don't see him going in there and ripping shreds out of his players, um, which I think you do need. Ferguson obviously was that character, Arsene Wenger was that character. I can see Jurgen Klopp doing that. I can see Thomas Tuchel doing it as well. I can see Pep doing it as well. So all the good managers have that aura about them who can rip into their players. But with Solskjaer, I don't see it. And I think that's what Manchester United need. I think the players are looking at Solskjaer and thinking, yeah, you're a bit soft. We can cut corners here and there, you know, and that's what they're doing defensively. They're... They're not defending very well. They're falling behind, which means they have to attack, which obviously brings the best out of them um, because they have so much talent going forward. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo obviously will score goals, but they can't keep relying on him to score last-minute winners to to bail them out of trouble.
0: Might the problem with United be because Ronaldo can't really defend at this stage for his career, they're putting more pressure on that
1: midfield end the fence with Ronaldo in the team? See, you and I disagree with this. Uh, I think Ronaldo can defend. Uh, We saw in the Euros in the summertime, one of his best goals um, of the ones that he scored came from the opposition having a corner. He headed it clear and he sprinted 80, 90 yards and finished off the move. Um, So I know he doesn't perhaps track back as much, um, as perhaps anybody else, but you know, maybe that's maybe that's his role. Maybe that's what he's been told. But I've I've seen him track back. Um, he's one of the fittest. Let's not kid ourselves. He's one of the fittest players in the Premier League, despite his age. Um, he, you know, he's putting a lot of other players younger than him to shame because of his fitness levels. I heard a story that in the um, training grounds at Old Trafford, uh, well, it's not Old Trafford, it's Carrington, but at Manchester United, some players. Finished training, came in for their uh, their their afternoon lunch or whatever, and they would have a dessert to go along with their food. But then they saw Cristiano Ronaldo not having desserts. so the Man United players who would normally have a dessert were too scared to take a dessert like um, cream pastry or chocolate something, because it would look bad on Ronaldo. You know he would probably have a go at them for having these sweets. So, um, yeah, if that's the sort of impact that he's having at Old Trafford, then my United fans can be very grateful for that because you don't want players eating sweets and desserts and things like that. I, rem- I remember hearing a few stories how Lionel
0: Messi did not eat pizza when it, when it was El Clasico week. Right. You can't beat a good pizza. I'm just saying you could get a good pizza, whether it be Barcelona, Milan, London, or Chicago. Or Chicago, yes. (laughs) Or New York, for that matter, if you like the... uh... Yeah. (laughs) Can't believe we talk talk permanently and pizza at the same time. (laughs) What is this? Exactly. So... uh... Thanks for hopping on, Charlie. Uh, can't wait to see what the Premier League has got uh, in store for us. And uh, wait to s- can't wait to uh, see what the uh, games look like this weekend and
1: which uh, the Dolphins will against the Jets on Sunday. Yep. Beating Baltimore. Who thought that? Mm-hmm. But That's why we love sport, isn't
0: it? Hey, hey, the good news is my Jags are one and 0 against your dolphins this year.
1: <laughs> That's true. At
0: That's least true. At least we're undefeated in the UK. Will the Europe we're the will the European champions of football just, <laughs> just at the NFL chance? Exactly. Exactly. That yeah, the Falcons and Jags on the are the European champions of the NFL. Yep. Although I don't think we'll be playing the Super Bowl.
1: No, I don't think we will either for quite a while, but, you know, um, it's good that, you know, any given Sunday, as they say in the NFL, any team can beat anyone. And, you know, um, you proved that two weeks ago, beating Buffalo, and we proved it this week, beating Baltimore.
0: Yeah, everybody, someone who names just went down the tubes, like, goodbye. <laughs> yep.